we just saw the confidence grow in these kids. And the teachers were telling us in the classroom that the kids were more active. They were raising their hands more. The girls were raising their hands. Mm. And they hadn't before. Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast over 14 years, 500 episodes featuring conversations with people like Mark Cuban, David Stern, Jeannie Buss, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, and Kyrie Irving on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. We're ranked in the top 100 of the business news podcast section on iTunes. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 follow by Forbes.com for three consecutive years and on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. With Thanksgiving coming up, I wanted to have a good friend on the show, Karen Osborne. You can find her on Twitter at Karen Osborne 22 She is the founder of Cusuera. You can find them on Twitter at Cusuera, and you can go to Cusuera.org to find out more information about them. A great organization. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. In good studio, you. nonetheless. Yes, kind of fun. Yeah, it is kind of fun. You live down in Los Angeles now. Yes. But you have roots in Portland. Yes, I was, um, I'm was. i from Oregon, so I come back often. Okay. And you played sports growing up. I did. I grew up playing uh, softball in Little League, so that was first for me. And then I added volleyball into the mix and then basketball, which ended up being my favorite. But I love all sports. And in 2008, I believe it was, you, you really had a, a life-changing trip that led you to start an organization, a nonprofit that is really making the difference in the lives of children. I admire the heck out of you for doing uh-huh. it and for making Thanks. these long <laughs> trips. But tell our audience about the the trip that changed your life and then what became of this nonprofit that you started. Yeah, so I I originally just signed up for a trip. There's many organizations that you can sign up to go and work in an orphanage, work with some kids and see the countryside, go on a safari. And I had wanted to go to Africa sort of as a bucket list, check it off my list. And that's what I originally thought it was going to be. And we, uh, the the leader of this group, there are about 18 of us, we asked, you know, what can we bring? Are there donations? And on the list was sports equipment. And me being, you know, an athlete, I thought, wow, this is kind of cool. And, you know, you know, we can bring different sports equipment, but do they know how to play? And they got back to us and said, well, not really. They don't really know much more than soccer or, you know, football. And uh, the girls play netball, which is international. Actually, the U.S. is the only country that doesn't play netball. And uh, so we it turned into uh, a trip where I got to teach sports and we brought um, softball equipment, volleyball, uh, a net and some volleyballs and then track and field equipment and we spent our mornings in class with the kids and the afternoons we got to teach sports and it was really interesting uh first of all i fell in love with the people malawi is the warm heart of africa and um so we started to see a difference in the kids and what was interesting is you know we mixed the boys and girls and we'd have girls be captains as well as boys and um we had a girl that was a goalie and of course the boys were you know freaked out a little bit but we just saw the confidence grow in these kids and the teachers were telling us in the classroom 
that the kids were more active. They were raising their hands more. The girls were raising their hands, mm. and they hadn't before. Mm. And it dawned on me, I knew what sports did for me growing right. up, um, sports and the arts. But I just was like, I got to keep doing this. I have to come back. And mm. I knew what's interesting is originally we were supposed to go to Kenya, but we uh, there was some uprising in Kenya at the time. And so we we switched it to Malawi. And because a lot of people ask why I picked Malawi, but I say it picked me. I, I think we were meant to go there. And I fell in love with this country and thought I need to come back and keep teaching these kids, um, you know, life lessons through sports. So that's how it started for me. So what does Kusuera mean? Uh, Kusuera means to play in Chichewa, which is the language of Malawi, Africa. And I, you know, I know now I probably should have come up with something a little easier to spell and to say. Kusuera is K-U-S-E-W-E-R-A. Um, but it does mean to play. And I wanted something that was going to really resonate with Malawians because that's where the work was mostly going to be done in right. Malawi. So I, it was important to me that they understood exactly what, you know, what it meant and what we were doing. And it sort of evolved, but that's what it means to play. How many times a year do you go over there? And I know that you've brought friends and even, you know, people like Giancarlo Stanton have been involved in this in, in one fashion or another. Yeah, I go now. I go about three times a year. Okay. We take teams over. Um, there are some professional athletes that have been involved. Not all of them can make it over there just because of seasons and you know the, the timing. Well, that's a long way. What's the flight from LA? You know, <laughs> from LA, it's about thirty hours of travel, right. including layovers. I don't mind it. I love travel. You know, it's not always the greatest, but when you get there, it is so worth it. Yeah. It is absolutely worth it. So we encourage, we have people from all walks of life that are coming to serve and, and teach and coach. And, um, you know, there are people who have been able to donate or in, as you mentioned, Giancarlo Stanton, he was able to designate us as his charity of choice when he won some awards. Um, we have Wes Horton of the Panthers who's donated for our sports complex. Um, you know, we have a lot of athletes uh, and, and coaches. Eric Spolstra has, you know, been involved in a benefit that we had. Um, so it's just been really great to involve athletes and people from the sports field. We, we, we now say we empower and educate children through active and creative play. So there's the sports and the arts that we've sort of uh, brought it all together. So we have dancers and musicians as well. And I haven't been, but from the pictures I've seen and obviously from talking to you, it seems like you've developed this little village. And, and literally the money is going towards not just sports equipment, but this has changed the housing and, and other things yeah, in 2014, um, we had been working with the orphanage that I originally went to, mm -hmm. and there were some shifts in, in leadership, and we uh, saw the need to kind of have our own place and do our own thing, as well as uh, still come and love on these kids there at the at the orphanage. Um, but we wanted to build a community center, and the government didn't want more orphanages. They want to keep the children in the in their own communities and have the guardians and the, the some of them have like one parent or an aunt or a grandmother and they want to keep them in the villages in the traditional sense and 
we wanted to find land that we were able to really serve many more children. And so we're doing that. We found land in 2015 and we have a community center. We have a volunteer guest house so volunteers can come and we have, um, uh, now a sport court and we're almost finished with the sport field. So we have a preschool and a kindergarten in the mornings and then all of the older children can come for the after school programs. So when people donate money and we can talk about how you can do that in a minute, what does it go towards? Is it the sports equipment? Is it the, the community? What is the money going towards? Well, I will say we are proud to say 98% of all donations go to the projects in in Malawi. Which is incredible. Yeah. it's um, Nobody on the U.S. side is getting paid. I'm not getting paid. It's all volunteer. Yeah. Um, it's a passion, obviously. Um, keeps us going. But they, you know, we have staff in Malawi and they need to be paid. Sure. We have um, projects. We have classes. We have coaches, the, the sports field. And, you know, there are things that are now uh, need to be up, you know, kept up and um, we would love to have a clinic someday in a school. Um, there's a lot of things in our future that we need donations for, um, but currently it's it's about keeping these programs going. Now that we have the space, we have the kids, we have some staff, we need to hire more. We need to hire more coaches and teachers. So that's where the money goes right now is to really uh, serve these children and some adults as well. We do have classes for some of the adults uh, literacy is important. A lot of them don't know English, and English is widely used in Malawi, but w- the further you get out into the bush, out into the villages, it's it's less. So we really want to teach them uh, English as well as skills. We just had someone donate uh, in a perfect world is another organization we work with, and they donated uh, sewing machines and money for fabric. And so we, uh, they had a gal go over and teach sewing, you it's know, amazing. just a skill that they can learn that's something new. So that's great. How many people, uh, kids, and you mentioned some adults, are impacted by your work? Right now in the surrounding villages, there are three villages around us. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more a little bit further out that are starting to come. So um I'm going back in November and I'm going to kind of check that out and see, you know, how how expansive that is. But I would say it's about 3,000 right now wow. within there's about 1,000 people in each village. Wow. Um give or take and so we're really trying to reach a broader amount. The the number of kids that come on a daily basis varies. We have about 100 children in our preschool and kindergarten. And then in the after school program, we could have 50 on a day, we can have 200. Um it kind of comes and goes. So again, org. how can people volunteer? You know, you just mentioned the uh, company that taught a new skill over there, sewing. If someone, if a company's listening to this and they're like, wow, what a great project, we want to get involved, how do they do that? Well, they can email us uh, right now. The best email is Cusuera, it's K-U-S-E-W-E-R-A at gmail.com. And our website, org, has a lot of information on there. And they just get in touch with us and let us know what their passions are. We, you know, we do vet out um, individual volunteers and groups. There are applications. We do have to kind of go through it. I've always said that, um, you know, there are people that can support us from afar and mm-hmm. people that want to go. And they're often uh, very similar and often very different. Um, there are people that it's just not their thing to go travel and do that, but they want to support. Maybe they 
um, their company uh, wants to give a portion of their proceeds to a charity and they haven't connected with one yet or they want to give a one-time donation or you can do a monthly donation as well because that actually helps us plan. Um, and then the volunteers that want to go over, we have trips. We can take other groups. And uh, I always say people should volunteer in their own communities first before going overseas because volunteering is um, – it's not something to get a pat on the back for. It's something that should really come from the heart. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you if you aren't doing that in your own community and you're not volunteering and, you know, go and, and serve food to the homeless, go and, you know, work with the Boys and Girls Club, do, do things in your own communities um, and care about the people here uh, before going overseas to care about others. Um, those are the people that we're looking for. It's so amazing. There's a lot of people that say they want to give. Mm-hmm. Some give on a small level, some give from afar, like you just said. But to take the steps that you've taken to make this impact to people on the other side of the world, I tip my hat to you because you know, there's a lot of people that sit around and go, I want to do this and that and the other. And some of it's just time, right? Sure. Like we're, we're all busy people. Yeah. But the fact that you went on this trip and you didn't just say, well, that was a fun experience. You know, I'll send them some equipment in the future. I'll send them a check. You've taken it personally and gone above and beyond what 99% of people would have done. You're a saint. I mean, it's really impressive. It's a passion. It really is. And I have a full-time job. So it's, you know, it's like I have two full-time jobs and I, but I love it. It is a passion. And, uh, and I understand it's not for everyone, but I have a lot of, a lot of people around me. We have a great, you know, board. We have a great committee. We have great great people in Malawi. Um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work, but I love it. So, well, and I see the pictures and it looks like these kids are like your kids now. They, They, they've (laughs) become your kids and you can see how they light up when you go over there. It's just, it's really impressive. Well, I have to say, um, that is what keeps me going Yeah, because, you know, working in a third world country is very, um, it can have its challenges. Yeah. And there are times when things are slower than they should be, take a year to happen. Um, they have processes that don't always make sense, and it's really frustrating. And then I get back to the village, and these kids are there, and they light up, and I just kind of go, okay, that's that's why I'm doing this. So um, th- the kids and their smiles and their joy and what they're learning is is what keeps me going. And give us just a, for people like myself who have never been to Malawi – what does that community look like? Obviously, it's in Africa, but mm-hmm. you know, is there are there restaurants? Are there grocery stores? Like, how yeah. civilized are they? Well, you know, it, it's interesting because I'll talk about going to the grocery store to somebody, and they say, "Oh, they have grocery stores," and yeah. they they're starting to evolve in town. Now, the further you go out into the bush and out to the villages, it is less obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but in town, they are doing a good job of, of really trying to have great restaurants. There's several great restaurants that we go to and, and support uh, over and over again. We're always looking for new ones, but they have great, great grocery stores. Um, there's a lot of expats that live there, um, a lot of other you know communities that have come in. And so it, it, it's um, it's a third world country, but it's it's uh, they're you know, it's one of the poorest countries in the world, but they definitely are doing well with trying to um, progress and have uh, 
you know, things for visitors as well as the people of Malawi and, and, and providing jobs as well for them. So um, I think it's great. Tell people again how they can find more information and how they can donate or get involved as a volunteer. Maybe some people listening to this want to make the trek with you. Maybe some companies want to donate things like you mentioned the sewing machines and, and teaching a new skill over there. How can they do that? So our website is uh, kusawera, K-U-S-E-W-E-R-A dot org or kusawera at gmail.com are the best ways to get in touch with us. Um, and then they just really have to think about what it is that they want to donate, whether it's monetarily or items or um, connect us with a, another organization that wants to work with us or they want to bring a team. There are schools and churches and other groups that want to come. So just contact us and, and we'll uh, we'll get you there. Well, and again, 98% of whatever is donated goes to the cause. That's yep. phenomenal. And you know, I know Karen, and I know the passion that she has for this project. So uh, it's well worth your time to get involved, whether it's taking the trips, donating money, donating product, introducing Karen to a, a company that can help the incredible people of Malawi. Congratulations on this. Uh, safe travels in November yeah, when you, you uh, go over there. And we'll have you on again to uh, talk about the progress that's being made. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. Griggs, we're wrapping up this edition of Sports Business Radio. I want to wish everyone out there a happy Thanksgiving. We've got lots to be thankful for. It's been a great year for us. We've talked to lots of interesting people. We've traveled to some interesting places. Uh what are you thankful for, Greg? You know, I'm thankful for family, uh, my son and my wife, definitely. Uh, and <clears throat> my family's all local, so I get to see my dad and my mom and my in-laws, and I get along with everybody. So yeah, hey, Thanksgiving is great. Yes. <laughs> see, a lot of people dread the holidays. They're I like, know. oh, I have to see extended family. I look forward to it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for you know work, what I'm doing, working with you, traveling. Uh, great year. Yeah, definitely. And I'm certainly most thankful for my daughter, Sophia. And uh, certainly thankful for you and the fine team that we have here at Sports Business Radio. Uh, thankful for our listeners. Thankful for our yeah. social media followers. Never take that for granted. Uh, but just want to wish everyone a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Be safe out there. Don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. Come back safely. And uh, then we'll get into the Christmas holidays and start playing lots of Christmas music. Definitely. And one question about Thanksgiving meal. What's your go-to you have to have on Thanksgiving? Oh, man. 
You know, so my daughter's vegetarian. Okay. I still like turkey. Yep. I, I have to say, it's probably the only time of year that I eat it. <laughs> I love mashed potatoes and gravy. Oh, baby. I'm a big mashed potatoes and gravy <laughs> guy. So good. I love corn. Yeah. Oh, okay. Corn on the cob. Nice. Uh, mac and cheese is always good. Okay. Uh, stuffing yep. can be good. Um, I've been to some places where I was at Brian Grant's actually last year, former NBA player. His uh, aunt made amazing sweet potato pie. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was good. But, you know, the turkey can be done in different ways. You can just yep. put it in the oven. You can smoke grill it. it you can it. smoke it. You can yeah. broil it. There's all these different ways that you can prepare it. So it's interesting to have turkey in, in different ways. But, you know, I, I, I'm not vegetarian, so I do enjoy some turkey. It's probably the only time of year I eat turkey. I'm not Me like, a, hey, I have turkey sandwiches every week. <laughs> yeah. But I will tell you that the tryptophan is is real. Oh yeah, like you have the turkey, and then you go sit down to maybe watch some football, and or you're out. <laughs> sit down to play a board game with your family, and before you know it, you're like, oh, I'm feeling pretty tired. <laughs> My go-to is green bean casserole. Oh, gotta have it. Okay, and and, and what's in the casserole besides the green beans? So you got the green bean, and you got the cream of mushroom soup. Oh, with the onion straws. On okay. Top. That's pretty good. My little tidbit of that. Okay. The girl, the lady that invented that, yes. passed away this year. Oh. 90 something. Worked wow. for Campbell's Soup for 50 years. Wow. And she was a taster. So she put these things, t- these concoctions that's together. That's the job to yeah, have. Yeah, that's right the job. There. So she put, I mean, you never would put those together. And then all of a sudden, whammo, 90 years later, we're still eating it. It's become a staple. The yeah. other thing is, I mean, you got to talk about dessert, right? So pumpkin pie yeah. is standard. Uh, I don't think it's too late for apple pie. Some people see, are like, oh, it's only for the summer. No, apple pie is fine after time. Thanksgiving dinner. That's what we bake. My wife is a big-time baker, and she does the pies for each family, and it's yeah. apple pie, and yeah. it's phenomenal. We home do the crust. We Thanksgiving Eve, that's all we do. We're cooking apple pies. We're cutting apples. It's amazing. I love it. I like cherry pie. I'm not a rhubarb pie no, guy. No, 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 no. Um, I'll tell you what's good, and, and I've done this when I've hosted, and it's not really you know a staple for Thanksgiving, but... Grilled asparagus. Oh yeah, with some lemon on top. There you go. That's good. That's a good side dish. Yep. Like if you get asked, if you're listening to this and someone says you need to bring a side dish to the Thanksgiving meal, go get some asparagus. Chop off the tips. I like that. Grill it up. Just put some lemon on it. It's really good. When you show up to your party, <laughs> people are going to go, "Wow, that's a really good dish." Thanks yeah. for bringing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always go Costco and just bring a pie. That's the thing that's amazing about Costco, and they're not a sponsor of this show, but you go to Costco, and I look at how huge their pies are, and I'm like, I couldn't bake a pie for less than what they'll sell me a pie for, and it's like a huge pie that'll feed 50 people. It's really good, too. Their pumpkin pie is money. It's legit. Yeah. Yeah. And one last thing, a cup of coffee with the real whipped cream in in top, on top. Have you tried that? No. I'm not a coffee guy. So if you do that with the pie and the, the whipped cream, money. Okay. See, look at this. I mean, you're listening out there for sports business, and you didn't know that you were going to get some (laughs) some recipes for Thanksgiving and and Uh, some tips out there. But again, happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners, all of our social media followers. We appreciate you, and we're thankful for you. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our sports business radio roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom. 
via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps and, of course, at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Bringing you the biggest names in sports business. Without further ado, we all know this gentleman. Let's give David Stern a big round of applause. Let's welcome the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert. Give him a hand. Let's give a big hand to USC alum and co-owner of the Lakers and president of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. Thank you so, so much for having me, Brian. It was very, very kind, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. Sir Charles, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing this morning? Today's guest is Memphis Grizzlies head coach David Fisdale. You're the man, Barrett. My guest is tennis icon Chris Everett. He was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Pleased to welcome to the show... Kyrie Irving, the number one pick in the 2011 NBA Draft. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be joined by Pete Carroll, the executive VP of football operations and the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Coach, how are you? Doing good. What's going on? Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Visit SportsBusinessRadio.com and subscribe to our iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio.